Welcome to Ideas, Ideas or High podcast, where we share creative aha idea moments from entrepreneurs who are successfully navigating the business world. While also deep diving into creativity and the value it brings to our lives. I'm your host, Mary Latree. And I'm Yoshi. Let's chop it up. Who said Puff Puff Pass was canceled? Listen, I know being a stoner in 2020 has been interesting to say the least with this pandemic, but the Chillstone by JTT Accessories is here to help. The Chillstone is a premium hand-blown glass joint holder and one hitter too. It's reusable, easy to clean, hypoallergenic, and a natural filter, but most importantly, it's sanitary. Simply insert your joint for a snug fit and enjoy. It fits standard cigarettes, joints, blunts, with or without filters. Get yourself a chillstone today at jttip.com or check them out on Instagram at JTT Accessories. Okay, everyone. So today I have the utmost pleasure of speaking with Toya from Harlem, aka the Anthony Bourdain of history. Toya is the founder of ToyaFromHarlem.com, the premier online destination for millennials of color to learn more about historical sites, find cultural events in New York, in the New York and LA area, and also see amazing art from people of color. Toya is also a podcaster, writer, social media manager, and blogger. In 2022, she launched My That Wasn't In My Textbook, a bi-weekly podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from the boring-ass textbooks. Welcome to Ideas, Toya. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. I like that intro, and I might have to borrow that boring-ass textbook, because I say boring, bulky textbook. Yeah, but I feel like I need to spice it up a little bit. So you might have just helped me do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is as soon as I read that, like the first thing that came to my mind, besides the fact that they were bulky and boring as hell, was like how we used to create like binders off of like magazines. I don't know if you ever did that, but either you used to use like paper bags and write all over it and line them, line your books. Did you ever do that? Yeah, textbooks. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. trying to trying to protect them. Those bulky, <laughs> boring ass textbooks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. Yes. So I know you're a plant mama. Uh, by the way, how many plants do you have? Um, I'm like over here looking. I have like six. I feel like I had more during the pandemic, but some have passed on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some have passed on. Do you give them names? Um, yes, although I don't remember, I did give them names and I used to say them all the time, but now I don't remember and I have like a new additional one, so I don't think I named that one, but yes, I did, I did give them names and at one point I was also playing, there's like a Spotify plant playlist that's supposed to be really, um, it's supposed, yeah, if you look up like plant, I'll, I'll send it to you, but it's like a Spotify plant playlist it's like plant storia or something like that and I used to play it for my plants because apparently it's like the wavelengths of the sound encourage them to grow and make them happy wow and that makes total sense now because I see where people hook up these little devices and here's the plants like playing music so the fact mm-hmm. that they can consume and listen and feed off that energy that makes total sense and that's super cool yeah 
Okay. So I'm always like, yeah. Plant life. Yeah. <laughs> I I had I have one that I'm trying to hold on to. Um, I don't have the greenest of thumbs, but I am I'm practicing. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I'm always like get low maintenance plans. That's a spider like, you know, plan. That's not yeah, exactly. I feel like that. Okay. Um, so what was your first, if if any, experience with plant medicine? Because this is ideas, but we don't just talk about, you know, actual um marijuana, but also spiritual high as well. So either or. Yeah. I was thinking about this because I'm like, this is a good question. And you know, I think of I think of cannabis as like an herb, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I think my initial nerdy ass answer would be like, probably like when I was really young, like if I think, if I think about herbs being a medicine, then it's like, I think about tea and like my, half my family's from the Caribbean. So it's very much like loose leaf tea, tea after dinner, like as a form of dessert. So if I were to pick that, you know, and I think they were doing like different tea blends and stuff like that, I would say maybe it started with actual tea as we're talking about herbs in that okay. sense but if we're talking about like cannabis if we're talking about cannabis in particular mm-hmm. it probably was high school definitely um high school which was more like just trying to get high you know I was not interested in you know kind of where it has evolved now also because it's legal now you can figure out sativas and indicas and what type of high you want or if you want cbd so i feel like as i have matured my relationship and understanding of the medicine has matured and changed um because now i'm I'm a cbd girl more not really a thc girl okay so i guess that's my long-winded answer (laughs) okay all right that makes perfect um sense was there a funny story behind you trying it in high school was it just with friends family yeah it was yeah it was just with friends I went to boarding school like in Massachusetts I'm originally from New York Harlem New York so I went to boarding school and you know like you just do weird stuff like try smoking weed and we used to smoke weed like in our dorm room in the closet and we used to make these like little makeshift filters where you would put a fabric softener sheet like so you would take the paper roll yeah toilet paper and you would put the fabric softener sheet at the end with like a hair elastic <laughs> and you would blow through there so then when you blow out it doesn't smell like weed it smells like it's not like a little hint of weed but it smells more like you know whatever fabric softener you're using bounty whatever I've seen that on tv okay yes I was doing I was doing that um but honestly I don't really think I smoked that much I feel like I had like a couple of it was hard to get and stuff like that in high school so I feel like I probably smoked maybe a handful of times it wasn't until I got to college that it was like okay like you can buy from this person blah blah Mm -hmm. blah blah. and of course I went I went out with I went out with the the college campus weed dealer, so that was also a plus. Oh, that that yeah, that'll that'll get you what you need. I'll do it. <laughs> um, okay, so you grew up in Massachusetts. I grew up in Springfield, Mass. So that that's cool. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. born and raised there. Um, but yeah. what you said you're from the Caribbean. Your family's from the Caribbean. What part? Um, Saint Kitts. Okay. Do you go back yeah. often? So like. I've gone back, so it's like, my family history is a little 
crazy. Well, not really crazy, but there's like, like my great grandmother came here during the Harlem Renaissance and she left a daughter behind that we didn't know until she passed away. So I actually have memories with my great grandparents. They oh. used, like, I have memories of them. I know that's like kind of weird. People don't usually have that. So once she passed, that's when we learned a lot about like her life in the Caribbean. And then we like met them and we contacted them and stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. Cool. So can you share the story behind your brand and your company? How did you come up with the name? What were you doing right before? What did you do immediately after you came up with the idea? Yeah. So I guess, you know, there's a lot of different, we're all like multi-hyphenated at this point, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But the main thing that I do is my podcast called That Wasn't In My Textbook. And well, I guess that's my main passion project, right? Um, And called That Wasn't In My Textbook. And I started it, like, I feel like a lot of many people started different ventures during the pandemic. So I started during the pandemic um, on Juneteenth, actually, of 2020. And it was just coming off of the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor mm-hmm. and all that other stuff, cruel things that were happening during the pandemic. And I had, for years, I kind of been like sitting on the idea of starting a podcast, but I couldn't really formulate what I wanted it to be about. And I was like, it was just, it felt like another thing, right? Like, you know how you have like so many things that you're doing, like, being a mom blah 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 and I was like why am I like I have this idea but why am I gonna put another thing on my plate so I kept on just being like I don't know it's not even a full thought like I don't know what it is so like I'm just gonna keep pushing it off like I didn't like take it a step further I was just like I feel like I should start a podcast about what history how do I do that what does that look like what is it called I just left that alone so um once all those things started happening in during the pandemic I was like okay like I want to take what I've already been doing online with like my Instagram and my and my blog because I was doing history stuff there already and amplifying black owned businesses I was like okay like maybe I can do this audio version and be like you know an oral historian or like storyteller um and so then I started it on Juneteenth of 2020 and I wanted it to kind of like I felt like you know after all those things had happened those murders had happened by police a lot of people especially black people were like looking into their history and learning about Tulsa and learning about just like things that weren't in our textbook and like just sharing a lot online I feel like that was the birth of like the carousel post where people were like sharing texts about just black culture black history and just other people's culture too like non-white culture right so I was just like okay like I want to do a podcast that talks about history but like in a non-traditional way that's uplifting and doesn't just talk about like you know like Memorial Day which I do have a podcast episode on that but like also talking about things that maybe would have encouraged us to be more interested in history like the history of cannabis you know what I mean or the history of tea that we actually drink two episodes that I have already done so it was just kind of a for me I felt like there was a need to have a platform that talked about history not only in the past but like what's happening right now that was uplifting that made it fun and that was definitely like not in our textbooks but also not just about like slavery and stuff like that yeah because that's not always it's like I, I know it's important to understand the history but sometimes I find it hard to even to go to watch movies or watch shows that that deal with slavery that deal with slavery because it's very triggering um 
um, at times. Yeah. That's, um, that's cool. Yeah. So- I mean, I think that was, that was, that's the same for me. Like I cannot watch, like there was like another, I remember I tweeted, I was like, I cannot watch Parasite Toby. Like, please stop making them. Like I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like I think for black people in particular, it's traumatizing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and for yeah. other people, it's like, is this entertainment or is this education? Cause that's weird if you're entertained by this, but, um, cause it's actually true. But, um, I think that's why, like I wanted to start my podcast. I think a lot of people think and believe whether they're black or not, that mm-hmm. our history began with slavery, but like we were here way before that. Mm-hmm. And there's so many other things that that are part of who we are and that we contribute to in the culture of this world on the day-to-day so that's why that's the element of like the past and the current influence mm-hmm. of black culture through like a history lens okay so you had the podcast before you came up with toya from harlem the website no so i had the website first yeah okay. so i had the website toya from Harlem first i was just blogging i was writing a lot of long-form content you know people don't want to read all that thanks okay. to Twitter and Instagram so <laughs> and then I was doing like some photo stuff you know I was doing yeah. that already um on my blog but I was like I felt like I wasn't really getting as much traction like I was been doing my blog for probably like seven years before I started my podcast okay. and so I wasn't getting as like I could see the traction going down a little bit and then people would just like want to see it on Instagram versus going to like my blog which you can get more details so I was like okay well let me try this new form of media and I was also excited about it because then I can like interview people right no matter where I'm at if I'm in New York or LA like or in another country, I can also like bring in experts in the field because I'm in no way an expert. Like I'm doing research and learning mm-hmm. right along with everybody else. So it was, it allowed me to also be like, oh, okay, like I can email people and connect with people that I know and that I don't know and be like, hey, like you're a cannabis expert. Do you want to be on this cannabis episode? I would love to have your input and hear what you talk about. So that's usually how I structure some of my episodes. Like the first part is usually me doing like a brief history overview. Mm-hmm. And then the second part, depending on what the topic is, sometimes I do, do solo episodes, but then the second part, I usually invite a guest or an expert to talk about whatever the subject is at hand and to talk about kind of like the current state and where they see it going and all that other stuff. Okay. Right. Um, so have you always had a love for reading or history? Did history come first and then you you love that? So you started reading more or have you always had a love for reading and did, did your family influence you in, in any way? That's a good question. So my mom is a reader. Like I always okay. remember seeing her like with a book and stuff like that. I did not, I actually my reading experience in the beginning was not good. Like I, you know, like, I think it's like third grade that you're supposed to like know how to read or start reading like to yourself. And that was around the same time that I lost my aunt. And that was like my first family death experience or maybe my second. And, um, I, of someone I was close to, cause like my great grandparents had passed, but that was the first one where it was like, oh, I like have a deep relationship with this person. This person used to pick me up from school every day. It's not just like, oh, my grandparents, mm-hmm. um, my great grandparents. So um, experiencing her first death in third grade, like I shut down, like I wasn't talking. I did not care about school. Like, you know what I mean? So I had to like get extra tutoring and stuff like that. Cause my teacher was like, she's not talking. She's not really like seeming like she is like, you know, comprehending the reading stuff and if she can't do this like she's gonna get left back so my mom got me a tutor and I was like reading every day after school so like my relationship with reading 
that it wasn't like, oh, I just, I picked up my first book and I loved uh-huh. it. It was not, you know what I mean? I wish it was like that, but it was not. And I feel like I didn't really fall in love with reading, if I'm honest, until like after college, okay. because that's when I could like pick books that I wanted to read. You know, I feel like in high school, I had a little bit of that, but still it was like, you have to read what they tell you to read and you have to read it to write a paper. So I didn't really feel like I was fully like enjoying the text and stuff like that until like it was done with school and it was like you can pick out whatever you want and I like you know uncovered my love for novels and like wanting to just like read stories and finding like black authors that create black stories you know so I feel like not until I was able to like I wasn't stressed out about school and like grades that I was really like okay like what do I like to read what do I like to read oh this book and I started seeing people share books and stuff like that, that I really started being like, okay, like this is reading. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when did it transition into his more historical, yeah. historical pieces? Well, yeah. History started probably in college because I picked like African-American studies. As okay. Major. Okay. Um, but that was really also a convenient thing. Like I just, you know, like you're supposed to figure out what you want to do by like your third year of college, which I feel like it's not even really a full assessment. Like, what am I, I'm barely 21, I'm supposed to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. Okay. So um, at that point, <laughs> I sat down with my advisor and I'm just like, well, you've taken all these classes. It was like, I guess I was naturally inclined to take classes about me. So she was like, you know, you can either, I remember I wanted to do economics. I don't know why. Or like, psychology or african-american studies and she was like well you have all these credits in african-american studies you could be done with your major in like a semester or two and i was like okay well let's just do that and like that's how it came to be but i was i think it was a natural interest because she could see like based on the class i was taking those were classes i were taking and i was excelling in mm-hmm. and so i was just like okay i'll go with that and then you know i took like a course on like the haitian revolution i never learned about that and like you know, just learning about different Black histories as well, not just like American Black history, like Brazil, mm-hmm. like Africans in Brazil and being like, oh, hey, it's not just like kind of what we talked about. It's not just like slavery. Everything starts with slavery and being like, oh, like there's a history even before us. Like I took like a pre-colonial Af- African course and like learning about different like communities and stuff and like tribes and just being like, oh, okay. So it was like interesting to me, but it wasn't until like, 2013 that I actually like started a blog and like started writing about history but that was mostly because I had come back from graduate school and like my neighborhood had changed so much in like a year and a half and that was a good due to good old gentrification and I was like okay like I want to start a blog and start capturing you know, some of the buildings and some of the history that's being demolished in the name of gentrification or like new development, you know, and mm-hmm. before some like white person comes and starts trying to blog about the new Harlem, I was like, no, I'm not <laughs> gonna do it. like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to like highlight the historical places that are, that were, that once was, or that are being changed. And so that's where it really like kind of all came together. Mm-hmm was during that moment and even still I didn't even know I didn't know what I was doing until probably like three years three year three to four years into it (laughs) wow wow so where where do you draw your inspiration from and yet we absolutely have to talk about the the pictures that you recreated Mm -hmm. um I love those love 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 those so where did you get the idea from that as well 
I'm trying to think. I started that with my blog a while ago. And I think, I don't remember. It was like so long ago that I started doing that. Like I remember my first one, I think it was in 2014. And then BET wrote about me maybe like a year later. But like my favorite holiday, and I was like, you don't tell me to the holiday, is Halloween. Like I love dressing okay. up. Like, you know what I mean? Like I love dressing up in terms of like getting into character, you know, like mm-hmm. I love stuff like that. I like transforming, you know, I love a good costume party. I'm not talking about like, oh, you all need to wear neutral colors. I'm talking about like a theme, like, oh, it's a 90s theme. Like yeah. I love stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, So I think that's where it kind of came from. Like, I was just like, oh, like, you know, I look at a lot of old photos and I think my first like recreated photo was themed around like Harlem people, people from the Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of being from Harlem. So I just like looked up some photos and just tried to figure out ones that I could recreate that were easy. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was taking them myself for a while. And, and at different points, I've had other people help me take them. But most of the time I'm taking them myself. So I'm always just kind of like, okay, like I look up someone or sometimes I'll see it on Instagram. <laughs> like my, my ideas come to me so randomly. So mm-hmm. like, if I see it, I'll look for photos, something that's like eye capturing that people would like. And I also like have to go shopping for it and stuff like that. So just trying to make it as easy as possible, but also like as appealing to like the viewer as well. Absolutely. And I love like the, the pops of red that you included in some of them to kind of give your own little, I guess, spin on it. that's super cool um all right so would you consider yourself more religious spiritual or any of the above agnostic even probably a lot probably spiritual probably spiritual maybe did you grow up what about you I'm definitely more spiritual now, but I grew up Baptist in the church, summer Bible camp, five, five six days a week, always in church, but I'm definitely more yeah. spiritual now. Yeah, I feel like I grew up similarly, like my grandparents, my mom was a single mom, so my grandparents were like my extra set of parents, and mm-hmm. they picked me up from school, and they were very much in the church, so I was very much with them mm-hmm. in the church. I did not, you know, I I did that for a little while, and then I think like once high school hit, I was like, and my mom is not religious at all, but she was just like, they're helping me out there at the church and we actually lived with the block so it was very convenient for her but I remember like when high school came I was like mom I don't want to go to church anymore and she was like okay (laughs) because she wasn't going herself you know she was like okay you're old enough that you don't need to like have your parents pick you up every day from school like I was about to go to boarding school so maybe it was like middle school that I was like uh I'm good on this (laughs) yes yeah well look at least you I think it probably wasn't until I went to college that I really was like oh finally I don't I can make my own choices and decide like okay am I really going to do this every Sunday or like what does this look like for me now so mm-hmm. yeah just, it's always so weird it's so weird yeah it's so passed down and it's funny my mom went like all the time and now within maybe the last seven or so years she doesn't she doesn't really go like that I don't know what changed but yeah it's it's everybody evolves I guess um so you said you're more into cbd now um what does your consumption look like has it evolved over time are you doing edibles flour um i am i have a little bit of like cbd flour left that i'm trying to get through but i honestly like i guess before that 
Hmm. I've been like slowly weaning myself off, which is like probably mm-hmm. weird to say on high ideas, but um, <laughs> I have, you know, I think like my tea, me and THC were not like agreeing. I don't know if it's like the chemicals in my body. I was trying to see if I was trying indica and I was like, okay, like I'm not enjoying like the head high that you get from that. Like I wasn't enjoying it. I was, it was making me a little more paranoid or like sleepy and I was like I want to be able to like function a little bit more mm-hmm. and I think and that's just how it works for me I know some people like they can, can you know it's an energy booster and they can function but with the way I was it just wasn't it wasn't it, something wasn't working so I was like okay like so then I just kind of stopped smoking altogether for a little bit like I would just do it like recreationally or with like a nightcap you know like yeah. okay I'll take a full go sleep so then um um for valentine's day my partner got me like some cbd some pre-rolls some cbd pre-rolls that like have like very low thc because you can't have cbd without thc but it was like not even noticeable yeah Mm -hmm. because i feel like out here in california maybe it's also california too because i feel like this happened to me when i got here it's just like you know it like you know obviously it's legal here and some of the stuff will like make you feel like you're on another planet and I'm just like I'm just trying to be on earth you know what I'm saying like I don't like why is this purple and orange and red like you know what I mean yes. and I feel like yes. maybe yes. maybe now that I'm talking about it out loud I'm like maybe it was also just my transition to California where it's like this yeah. whole experience yeah. of going to a distillery and like you can do and I'm like I just want to like be chill like I'm not trying to Mm-hmm. You know, I still got to do stuff today, <laughs> like, you know, yes. so I feel like that kind of made me shift to the CBD and, you know, I do like the oral fixation or sensation of smoking, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's yeah. why I really enjoyed the CBD pre-rolls that he got me. And I, I was ordering those for a while because they come like in packs uh-huh. and then I don't know, like <laughs> we went to the dentist and the dentist was just like, you know, you have to stop smoking. It eats at your, te- your, your bones, like your teeth bones. And what? We're like, they Wait, do? What? what? Yes. If you look it up. Yeah. My they, dentist, yeah. They never told me that, but. And okay. I was like, what? She was like, yes. I, we were like, oh, cigarettes. She's like, no, no, no. Smoking in general. And we were like, it's really bad for your oral health. And I was like, oh, no. And since I was already like, pretty much just in the cbd world uh-huh. so i was like i have a little bit of cbd left over i'm i'm gonna finish it and then i'll, I'll re i'll reconvene i'm thinking about maybe going to the drops but like i said i like the act of smoking so it's just it really it really blew my mind when she said that i'm so processing it <laughs> wow yeah, that, that's news to me too i'm definitely gonna have to ask about that but i'm the same way like i like that pulling pulling it up to my mouth seeing the smoke mm-hmm. all that yeah and I love using your gemstones so that's like your chill stones so that's why I'm also like no (laughs) never giving it up (laughs) that's cool but I totally get you know how the consumption evolves lately I have just been right at bed like I haven't needed it throughout the day within the last I would say month or so my consumption has just totally shifted I don't know maybe the the flower that I have now it was almost inducing like this weird anxiety and I could catch it right away like I can feel the difference in my body like within the the minute or so like my I was getting very anxious and I was like okay I don't like this so unless I can just go right yeah like nah I'm I'm good which is totally not normal for me like I'm a 
I was maybe smoking three joints a day, you know, but now it's, I can have one that'll last me probably for a few days. See, I think that's so interesting that we're both kind of having that experience. And I actually mm-hmm. talked to another friend about it. And she's like, oh, I thought it was just me. And I was like, why are you internalizing <laughs> this? Like, it's not a you problem. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. maybe it's some, I wonder if there's something scientific around it in terms of I'm like sure. the strand or even yeah. maybe from how long we've been smoking in our lives mm-hmm. and how it reacts. Because yeah, I definitely have been getting a lot of anxiety to the point where it's like, I can't smoke before I go out because then I'm just like paranoid and think, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm not having fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Like, I don't know my endocannabinoid system that well to where I know, okay, I need to go to this strand with this, you know, level of, of um, what is it? Sativa versus indica. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I need to figure all that out. But for now, I'm just yeah. And it's like our bodies change with time because I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm having the same relationship with like drinking, you know. So it's just like I think it's just kind of like maybe it's a coming of age thing. I don't know. (laughs) That could be very true. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I noticed you have tattoos. Love them all. Based on those I could see in your pictures, I just got my first one. Not too long. Oh, what did you get? Something you get? my daughter so it's a scripted p her name is peyton we call her princess p so i got this little scripted p with the princess crown kind of tucked off on the oh. side kind of tilted on the side coming off of it um right on the mm-hmm. inside of my wrist hurt like fucking hell first the first and oh. last but i love it <laughs> And she loves it too. Wait, so that's her last tattoo? You said that's, that's my last, last one. As, as far as I can see, that's <laughs> you're like, and I want it done. Low pain <laughs> threshold. So even sitting there for that, you know, the going over it and filling it in, I was like, how do people get whole sleeves and color and mm-mm. yeah, that's an acquired yeah. acquired feeling <laughs> to to put yourself. It is. Do you have any favorite ones or when when you get your first tattoo? I got my first tattoo, I want to say at like 29 or like maybe 28. Okay. Maybe 28. Yeah, maybe it was 28 that I got my first tattoo. Yeah, I think it was, I'm trying to think. I'm like trying to think what's happening in my life. That's how I remember. Did you go big or was it small? Because I see you have a whole sleeve, so. My first tattoo, I have one on my four on my right forearm and it's actually like a pen like a calligraphy like liquid pen okay that was my first one and it's relatively big I think for like a first tattoo or whatever so I got that that was my first tattoo and yeah that was my first one do you know how many you have I have one two three I have six Okay. okay. And you probably, do you think you'll get more? Yeah, I haven't gotten a tattoo in like four years and I've been itching for a tattoo. Mm. Couldn't get a tattoo during COVID. Um, so, and then I'm also like, I'm a little tattoo bougie in that like, I'm very particular about like mm. who I want to touch my skin, especially being a brown skin girl. Like, yes to have you need to show me some I did a history of tattoo episode too about that but like you know I need to figure out 
you know, I need to see people of my shade and darker on your like portfolio and your on your IG so that I know how to you I so I understand that you know how to use brown skin and then I also am like very particular about like the art and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um I really want my old tattoo artist who did my sleeve to do some more work on me, but she's in New York. So I have to kind of coordinate it with like okay. my next trip home. Yeah. And like her booking and stuff like that. So I'm trying to go home this summer, although the way these prices are for these flights are crazy. But um, so I'm going to like reach out to her and see like, do you know your books are open? Can I book something? Because I, I want to like book, I'd rather book the tattoo appointment like later um, in the summer and then like do the flight around there. So it's just okay. kind of like a double, double thing. Although I did find a person out here that I like as well. So I'm going to reach out to them too. But yeah, I've been itching and fiending for a new tattoo. Okay. Okay. So are you going to be, do you have Juneteenth plans already? Um, yeah, I have some in the works. They're not final yet, but I am, I am going to be doing a live event in LA. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Okay. We'll look out for that. I, um, I'll actually be in New York for Juneteenth. That's why I was asking for, um, a can of wedding expo. So. (laughs) Oh, that sounds fun. Uh, I didn't know it was a thing, but it is. And I think, uh, my product fits very well with, you know, people looking for wedding gifts or something for their parties. Um, yeah, that's all perfect. And it's like sanitized and Mm -hmm. yeah. And you, you can get customized. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay, cool. So do you have any fun rituals around, I guess, maybe when you're getting ready to read or is there anything like to do to kind of set your mood up or can you just go anywhere and read anytime or okay, how about Um, when you're at home? Yeah, I mean, I think now that I'm in LA, I have to be a lot more intentional about reading because like when I was in New York, I was just like read on the train or like do research for my podcast, like on the train, you know, there's so much public transportation. So that would be my time to like lock into the reading or the research. And now it's like, okay, like I literally, like I have like a little fancy cloth rocking chair in my bedroom, like in the nook of my bedroom. And so mm-hmm. like I try to, and have like a little light. So I try to like sit down and read there. And I literally have to set a timer. I'm like, okay, I'm going to set a timer and I'm going to turn my phone like face down because mm-hmm. I need to like cut myself off. Because I also do like social media. So I'm like, okay, I need to cut myself off and just like do this and so you know I usually set an alarm I try to like you know have like some tea I'll make tea or like refill my water I'm trying to drink my daily intake of water which is harder than it seems and (laughs) just like set like a quiet time for me where there's like no tv in the background where I can just usually read and like I said I set a timer Mm -hmm. and usually I end up like having to reset the timer like I'm like I'm reading and I once I get into it I'm like okay I can read for a little bit longer you know but it's like the initial first step like everything like going to the gym or anything like Mm -hmm. that first step of just like getting there can feel a little bit more challenging got it got it the most challenging part okay so this thought just randomly came in my head because I for some reason I can see you doing this since you're a writer you ever thought about writing a book or a children's book or Yes, actually, you're like the second person like I've talked to in the past two to three weeks. It's like, where's your book? And um, I want to turn my podcast into like a coffee table book. Okay. Where like, you know, each subject has like a page or two and like mm-hmm. the guest, if I have a guest for that episode, they can like 
write a little blurb. So something like a little cute like that. Oh, that sounds awesome. Okay. All right. So, so what are you doing these days to kind of keep your spirits up, keep your vibes high? Is there anything you like to do? I see. You, so I saw you were working out um, yeah. on your last post. Does that keep you good? Keep you going? Yeah. I mean, I think that I like, I function with routine, like not like, you know, it doesn't need to be the same thing every day that will bore me, but I do need to have some general, like, okay, like I'm gonna make my bed or like, okay, I work out maybe two to three times a week, like that type of stuff. Okay. Keeps me, uh, level-headed, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so, or like, okay, I'm gonna go on a hike or I go on a hike once a week. It's not every Wednesday, but it's like maybe Wednesday this week, Thursday this week. So it's like little things like that. Mm-hmm. keep me feeling good because it's like a form of self-care like I'm not really focused on like how much do I weigh or like anything like mm-hmm. that of course like if I see results that's cute but it's more just like mm-hmm. pushing myself to just move my body for 60 minutes or 45 minutes or sometimes it's only 20 you know it's just like yeah. kind of pushing myself to get stronger it's more like um a form of self-care and that like it's just kind of it gets my endorphins going it makes me feel good like okay I, I did something yes. tough today or I did a nice walk today so it does feel good after for sure yeah yeah I try to focus on the afterwards and going there I'd be like oh, uh, no. oh my gosh <laughs> my gym clothes on is like oh come on <laughs> I feel you for sure um, so as a business owner, what's one thing that you've learned so far and you have an ad- advice that you can share? Um, I feel like I've learned that mindset is everything. Like, you know, I think, you know, I moved to LA and I started my podcast, you know, and for a long time, I think my mind was my biggest obstacle or maybe it was me either one Mm -hmm. but you know I think Mm -hmm. people don't really I think people talk about you know starting your own business or doing your passion project whatever it is and they never really focus and they like you know glamorize the process and talk about all the after stuff a lot of the times and I feel like they never talk about the power of your mindset because if you don't believe in yourself or you're having struggles with that which I still have struggles with but Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're not able to kind of get past like the self-doubt and the negative self-taught talk it just makes it harder for you to move through different things and to actually like try to do that project or try that new activity or whatever it is you know what I'm saying so I think just kind of like understanding the mindset is a powerful thing and you have to work on it every day like there's no level of like success I mean that's I feel like that makes it go away but I think it's like a muscle like the more you like do your podcast episodes the more confident you feel in it and so you'll do it more but it's it's like an everyday I want to say battle but thing to accomplish is like your mindset like you know what I mean yes and constantly checking yourself well I call it checking myself because I Mm -hmm. you catch yourself going into that that negative thought pattern or even projecting negative situations that have not occurred probably won't occur I'm like chill out you know what I'm saying like be in the now (laughs) now, and you know let that shit go so I get I get it for sure um okay so what do you want your legacy to be that you know that you know, I was your 
historian homie that taught you that put you onto a couple of things and mm-hmm. put people onto a couple of things and help them feel like good and enlightened through like a fun, dope, risque, and the textbook lens. <laughs> no, that that's cool. I mean, I f- your unique perspective and spin on how to present information is is really dope. Thank you. What do you want your legacy to be? Oh, I flipped it. And I know. It. I never. Uno card. <laughs> Uno card. Everybody's always like, oh my gosh, what is this? That's a hard question. Um, oh, man. Um, I guess that, that anything is, is possible. I guess um, that that is such a hard question um even with this podcast I feel like I'm just I'm living through things that I never thought I could do so the legacy that it is possible um I'm about to wrap up my patent for the chillstone um a lot of people it's gonna happen so it's the the idea behind just having an idea one and then rolling it out I mean the legacy of inventor I don't know I, I feel like that that's pretty powerful um yeah a, a black inventor a black woman inventor definitely that, yeah so that I would love to you know pass down that 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 to my to my kid and you know let people know that thoughts become things <laughs> yes <laughs> thoughts do become things so for sure look at you flipping oh. over, me over here making me like uh <laughs> yeah I'm making I'm making you answer some questions okay <laughs> okay so is there anything oh no no last one has your mission or your vision evolved since you started um your business businesses yeah I mean even this conversation I think it helped me remember like it evolved from you know a blog right to a podcast mm-hmm. now to like maybe my first live event on Juneteenth and you know like you said in my bio and like I'm like oh I'm the Anthony Bourdain of history it's like my my dream is to have like a show to take it from this website audio experience to an actual visual experience oh I can totally see that I can go to different countries and different parts of America and talk to different people, whether it's families that are connected to the topics or experts and have them walk me through spaces and different things like that and like uncover the history in a very raw, risque, fun, visual way, you know? So it's like, absolutely. And that, that came to me, you know, last year. So it's like, it's always evolving, right? Kind of going back to what you said, like ideas, to um what is it I yeah thoughts to ideas or mm-hmm. yeah you know like how things evolve and so like you know even wherever we are now you know as people or wherever your listeners are in terms of their thoughts mm-hmm. we never know like they're gonna always evolve it's not a stagnant thing you know what I'm saying so right now you're getting your patent for your chillstones and you're gonna maybe do some weddings as a wedding gifts and stuff mm-hmm. like that and it's like next year a couple months next week a new idea or goal can Mm -hmm. come into your mind related or unrelated right about how you want to evolve as a person because we're always changing like you know I am not a mom maybe if I become a mom I'll have different goals or Mm -hmm. I'll have a new type of goal so it's just like Mm -hmm. you know we're our ideas and stuff are also living and breathing things that are never set stone 
Absolutely. I could so I I can see your pitch already for this show. Um so we're gonna put it out there in the universe for sure. Um so is there anything new and exciting you want us to know about? I know you say you have a possible live event in Juneteenth. Um anything else in the works? Um no, I mean just you know, my podcast called That Wasn't in My Textbook. That's I've just relaunched like the second half of my season three. So um I have fired myself in the department of editing and hired an editor so I think like that's something to just look forward to if you're interested in learning more history old new all that stuff fun stuff um definitely check out my podcast that wasn't in my textbook and it's bi-weekly like you mentioned so I have episodes every other week um if not sometimes I do do bonus episodes so it's just kind of like, that's like my main thing. It's like, I'm trying to, it's like juggling. It's like, I just want to be like consistent with the podcast and then I'll add something else to my other hand. And then, you know, uh, yes. you know it's like a lot of <laughs> adulting is hard enough and then I want to do oh. a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, I'll just start a podcast and, and it, you know, just to have with, you know, to promote JTT and it's a job. It is a whole other job. Um, it's a full-time job I know I'm like why you know it's like you add things to your plate and you're like why am I like this don't I have enough going on yeah for real like ridiculous um so how can everyone reach you yeah um all over the interwebs it's that wasn't in my textbook for my podcast or if you're interested in me personally um you can follow me at Toya from Harlem and I share history stuff on both platforms. So, and I amplify black and brown voices on both platforms. So they're pretty similar in a sense. And then I also share like a little bit of my life. So yeah, those are the places you can find me. And I also, I always forget to mention, I do have t- um, bookmarks, right? We're talking about me reading. I do have bookmarks and I have like some Juneteenth bookmarks that I'm selling that you can find. Um, that was in my textbook.com slash store. Okay. And one is just like the Pan-African flag and the other one is the power to the people flag. Okay. All right. I um do a lot of audiobooks, but I did buy my first book and I think your uh your bookmark would be perfect. So I will be getting one. It's one is really? uh, something women run with wolves or oh I think I've seen that it keeps coming up. I keep hearing different people talk about it. So I'm like, let me go ahead and, and give this give this a a real read and not just via audio so okay okay yes let me know how it goes because I've seen that book let me know what you think after you're done maybe I'll take it up as well all right awesome so thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it in this wonderful conversation yes thank you for having me oh the car's going by thank you for having me (laughs) thank you so much I really enjoyed being here and I appreciate you allowing me to be in your space. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm beyond grateful for the opportunity to share these inspirational stories with you. If you are enjoying the podcast, please support, like, subscribe, and leave a review. Let me know your thoughts. Also share it with anyone you think could use a dose of inspiration. Last but not least, please follow me on social media. You can find me at high on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Stay high, stay creative, people. Yeah.
Last Prisoner Project is a nonprofit coalition of cannabis industry leaders, executives, and artists dedicated to bringing restorative justice to the cannabis industry. We here at Hideas wholeheartedly support their values and believe that anyone profiting from the legal cannabis industry has a moral imperative to work towards restorative justice. No one, I repeat, no one should be in jail suffering from the war on drugs, which disproportionately impacts communities of color. Want to get involved? Here are some ways. Follow them on social media, subscribe to their newsletter, volunteer, donate, or join the letter writing program. Please find links to their page in the show notes.